The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. So happy that you've been able to join us today on the program Afternoons with Mike, heard every day at this time. And I'm coming to you today again from our Gainesville studios. It's been a while since I've been here, but I've got a lot of great friends up here, have, uh, having spent 17 years in the area. One of the guys that I met right before I left in 2019 was David Chauncey, who is the senior pastor at Westside Baptist Church. And that is a marvelous place on Newberry Road in Gainesville. All of the Alachua County people already know all about that. But uh, this church is fantastic. They've been the host of everything from FCA meetings to the leadership conferences that Jill Nash would put on for years with the leader cast. And so I've been there for worship gatherings. I used to lead worship there when I was up here for the citywide uh, National Day of Prayer gatherings that we would have at Westside. Wonderful place, wonderful people and a wonderful pastor, Pastor mm. David mm. Chauncey. Welcome to my program. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you, Mike. Well, I mean I really every, appreciate that. I mean every bit of it. And you know, you carry in my mind, I know this is uh, something that other people might not know about you that's not been to Westside, but you are, in my mind, the original singing pastor. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You do that. Yeah. You do it so well. And I, singing, obviously, had to be part of your background. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I grew up, I, I was born in a pew. I mean, I, my my parents, not literally, but I've yeah. been in church my whole life. Yeah, my dad used to say, you yeah. cut your teeth on a pew. Yeah, right? my dad was a pastor for a while. My mom loved singing. And I've just always loved music. Uh, started taking piano, you know, when I was a little kid and loved to play the piano and loved, but I really taught myself what I enjoyed doing was sitting and playing through hymns and singing and learning to play. And so I really did that as a kid, you know, and, and back then we didn't have iPads and, you know, yeah. distractions. It was yeah. either go shoot ball outside or play the piano inside. Yeah. There wasn't a lot to do. So I kind of did that and I just love, uh, to to sing to the Lord and play and just be uh, uh, worship's always been a, a a real important part of my life mm-hmm. and I did a stint in right in seminary uh, I I was young and I didn't I was looking for opportunities to to minister you know whatever they would let me do and there was one piece of paper left on the job board there at Southwestern. Uh, and it said a part-time music minister out in Cleburne, Texas. And I said, I'll just call and see what they're looking for. So now, Southwestern Baptist this was Southwestern Theological, Baptist Theological oh, Seminary. My son graduated from there two years really? ago. Really? How about that? With a, with a master's. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'm not going into music, but I can do music. So I went out there, and they hired me just to come on Sundays. I'd just gotten married. And, and on the way out there, my fiance or my new wife, I think we'd gotten married right before we got the job, said, honey, do you know what you're doing? I said, I, I know how to wave my hands to a beat. And uh, so that's, but I, uh, my first job out of seminary, I was youth minister, and, but I had to be, to do the youth ministry, I had to do the choir and lead the worship too. Yeah, right. So I love that. And then uh, the, that ability, then when I, I, but I was always called really towards preaching in that aspect. But what I've discovered is that um, I could preach through a song too. And sometimes adding a song into a message that makes sense, it it's people realize it's not a performance because it fits into it. it yeah. And it, it if you can do it organically, uh, and it's not really you know um, distractingly bad. <laughs> oh, oh, with You've you heard it's those. just the opposite. Yes, hopefully, it, hopefully. it's almost distractingly yes. wonderful. Well, well, good. That it is a problem when. When I've left churches over years, and they they call me back and say, "Hey, would y'all come back? Would you sing for us?" And I'm like, "What about all the preaching I did? You know, I mean, wasn't that okay? They, yeah, oh well, yeah, you're a good preacher too. Yeah, yeah. But and uh, you are. Yeah. So hopefully, 
Well, I tell you what, I this is the truth. So help me, I am in your congregation hearing you for the first time speak at a funeral, hmm. the funeral of a real dear friend. And uh, I'm there, and right in the middle of it, you did exactly what you were talking about. You inserted a song, mm. a cappella, no mm. accompaniment. It didn't need it. And I know if those sitting around me would have turned around and looked, they might have said, why is your jaw hanging wide open? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it had that impact on me. I, I was stilled. I was I was just amazed at how beautifully not only your voice was, but how beautifully effective it was. And that's why when I greeted you for the first time in the hallway that day, I said, sir, you have a gift. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. really do. I appreciate that. And, and I've, 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 it can be frustrating sometimes to, to uh, be asked to sing, uh, but when, because I know it blesses people. Oh, yeah. That I, I feel it's a stewardship. Yeah. And so I try to, to do it some. I don't do it very much, but um, people always seem to be blessed by it. And, and that's what I want, you know. Well, I think they are. Yeah. And I would encourage you do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's awesome. Right. You know, you said you were down at uh, Southwestern, yes. which is in the heart of Texas, down south of uh, Fort Worth. And I think that would be the right. It's direction. in Fort Worth. It's in Fort and Worth. And south of Fort Worth. Yeah. I yeah. was there. Yeah. So were you originally from that part of the world? You know, I, my dad was a CPA, and when he was 30 years old, decided God was calling him into ministry. And he went to Southwestern in the 70s when I was just five years old. Mm. So I did one stint there during his time. and But during college in Virginia, I was grew up primarily in Virginia, uh, felt a sense of call towards ministry. Uh, but I really didn't want to do it because I'd grown up in it. And I'm like, I, yeah, I think you, I can make yeah, more money up close. and not yeah. have any as much trouble. Yeah. Uh, and And dad really wasn't pushing me into it. But I really felt called, and of course, my choice was to go back to Southwestern, and just had a had a wonderful time there. Met my wife there. Mm, yeah, that's that's a good thing that's too. Even better, yeah. yeah, that's even great. A lot of people will call them bridal colleges instead of Bible colleges. Just don't tell my wife that she'll she'll get very offended. <laughs> I'm sorry. She she's don't. a she was a beach girl from Jupiter. There you go. And she's like, I didn't come to make a hus get a husband. <laughs> And, uh, but it hey, just happens though. It does. I mean, you're at that point of life yes. and God puts people together and, and I think that's a great benefit. Yeah, it is. And we've been a great, you know, she's been a great teammate. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. And the Lord just, he has that marvelous way of taking two people who might be from different parts of the world, different, literally the world. I had an interview last month with a couple that met overseas he was originally from france she from i believe minnesota hmm. and uh, they found each other in a, a third country and uh, ended up getting married and now they're in the ministry together you wow know, kind of it's just amazing so god does that he pulls people i've always loved this verse it says he takes the lonely and he places them in families hmm. And that's exactly what he did you. He put you in the family of Westside Baptist. And yeah. at some point, I know that you moved in. Uh, Gary was the pastor there for many, many years. 34 years. 34 yeah. years. And, you know, there's that old saying in sports, you never want to follow a legend. Yes. And no. that's kind of what you did, though. And I've survived nine years. I, yeah, I made it through. And yeah. the church has, has fared pretty well. But uh, I think... Uh, uh, Gary, Pastor Crawford did a good job kind of setting it up and transitioning. And it's hard to let go yeah. after that many years. Yeah. And so uh, that's not easy. Well, Gary was on my radio program probably a couple of years after after you would have gotten there, mm -hmm. I would think. And uh, so anyway, I know he is he's high on West Side and what, what God's doing now, what God's doing through you. And again, I just have to commend this church. If you're in the area and you're maybe brand new, you got to check it out. Westside is located conveniently right off of Newberry Road at the corner of, I think it's 98, yeah. right? If my right. memory serves me correctly. 98, right? It kind of uh, moves right 
into a neighborhood there and you uh, go up the hill just a little bit, turn into West Side, you'll be glad you did. It's a wonderful yeah. place. So what are you guys at the church right now? What What's uh, the teaching direction you're going? Well, that's, we, we have been, well, this Sunday happens to be our, our 60th anniversary Sunday. Wow. So we're having a celebration and... Pastor Gary made a little video we're going to have in there. Oh, we're getting wonderful. video snippets from a lot of the older staff. And we've got one um, charter member left uh, oh. from that 60 years ago. He was just a kid, but Bill will be there. We'll have a testimony from him. And um, and that's really exciting. And, and it's part of a four-part series I started called More. Because as we're looking at 60 years, we've got a great heritage and a great foundation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what do you ask God? You know, do I, do we repeat this? I think what, what's driving us and is, I don't think he, he doesn't want us to have status quo. He doesn't say just do that 60 years over again. He says, you will glorify my, my father in heaven when you bear much fruit and thus prove to be disciples. So we, we're just praying, God, help us do more, help us have more gospel conversations, Help us have more intentional faith formation. Help us mm. help us have more exponential mission expansion. So uh, we want to see, uh, we have a great foundation, but God is calling us to, to more. You know, I'm hearing this in so many yep. different ways expressed in my interviews. When I'm talking to people, I had Gary Williams, who is the regional director for Evangelism Explosion. Mm. And he and I were talking, and I told my wife, even this day, uh, when Cindy and I were talking, I said, one of the reasons I love talking to him was that he reminded me of my younger self, even though, now he is a little older than I am. Not often do I talk to people older than I, but he is just a few months older. He has not lost that zeal Mm. to share the gospel. In fact, I loved what you just said. Becoming intentional and really having that mindset that when I wake up today, wherever I walk, whatever I do, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go there with an eye to say, Lord, what would you want to do Mm. through my interactions today? That's what Gary does. Yeah. And I think that's Gary Williams. I'm talking about what he what he talked about. And that's really a. Something that is, you know, I think a lot of pastors, if they could know the secret sauce that produces that kind of of a congregant, mm. uh, that would really be something, wouldn't it, it? it? It really would. And there's this balance between the attractional model uh, and as a church, you don't you don't want to do anything to distract or put up bears. You want to you want to have a great Sunday morning experience and great yeah. life group experience, but. Um, in our day and time where, where the rubber meets the road is, is among everyday people. Yeah. And that's, that's our vision is to, uh, join everyday people on the journey to life's greatest potential in Christ. And the the idea, and that's where I've been preaching this month is, is our visual that really drives us is that is the Acts eight is Philip joining the Ethiopian eunuch in his chariot. Mm -hmm. God calls him out of this revival in Samaria and sends him there and sends him into a (laughs) desert in the middle of nowhere, maybe at high noon to, uh, to do something that he had really no idea what, how God was going to use. He was the original beam me up Scotty. I mean, he just kind of showed up and left. Uh, and, but we, we think about getting people to join the church and I'm just, I keep saying, let's get the church to join the people. And <sighs> and that's such a better visual, and it keeps us thinking outward. I like that phrase. I don't think I've ever heard it said just the way you did that. Well, good. Maybe it's original to me. Exactly. I don't know. Copyright. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Make the call today, my friend. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. I mean, getting people. Well, you know, it's one thing, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I see. It's one thing to think about getting people out of the four walls of the church building. But I think in this day and age, it's it's a little bit more deep than that. It's getting them out of the walls of their own life. Oh, it's getting them out of the walls of their own activities. Yes, and 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 maybe getting all of us to a place to where when we wake up in the morning, again there is a Holy Spirit awareness, mm-hmm. uh, an intentionality in our day th- that we remember that not only could God use us, God wants to use us. Yeah. And I think 
that for me, this is the awakening that I call it a reawakening that I'm going through right now. And that's why I mentioned while ago when I talked to this guy, Gary Williams, he reminded me of how I used to be. But I have to say, yeah, with true confession, I've not been living like that. Maybe maybe that's what drove me to the word more, too, is because if anybody needs to kind of watch out for being secluded, it's it's a pastor. Yeah. And I'm among Christians. I'm among Christian staff all day long. I'm dealing with all of those issues of running a church. And it's so easy for me to forget about the rest of the world um, because I'm caught up in my own world. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a balance to that. And so, um, and that story, it it comforts me to know, and and I was challenging our people, God was already at work in that eunuch's heart. He was already, he had God's word. In his hands, he was reading yeah, Isaiah. Yeah. God had provided that. I yeah. mean, he provides a word. He had been, uh, he just needed a witness. And so God sent the witness. So God was at work. We just need to show up and we just need to, to share the gospel mm. and love people and help them understand this is what it says. And uh, it, it, we don't have to uh, make people do anything. God is at work. He just wants us to be the witness and the explanation of the gospel. But we got to be willing to chase some chariots. Boy, that is some good stuff right there. You know, that willingness. Um, There was a song years ago, you may have heard it. Kelly Willard was the artist. And it had to do with a, a willing heart. It said, the chorus said, if you don't have a willing heart, ask him to mm. give you one. Mm-hmm. So true. I think it's as simple as that. I mean, if and the song says a lot more than just that, but I don't think it needed to say anything more than that. That it, And all of us are there. And few of us, I think, honestly, if we were to stop right now, take a, a moment's ascertainment of our own heart, kind of do an inventory, I, I will bet we'll find more lack of willingness in yeah. most cases than willingness. Yeah. And that's kind of where I am right now, David. I'm you can pray for me, man. I mean, I believe God's stirring. I believe God's doing something new, and I think He's doing it in the world. I think our, yeah. I think uh, this world's dark, and we need people who have the zeal of God. I, I was listening to uh, uh, a podcast the other day, and they had the the, the president of Barna, is it Hinneman or Hinneman, something like that, and he was talking about how there, uh, the statistics are there's a there's a real openness now to spirituality coming out of COVID. Uh, people are much more willing to consider spiritual things. Problem is they're willing to consider any spiritual thing. Yeah, it's not just a gospel. So that means the door is open. People will invite you into their chariot, but are you ready to share? Are you willing to get in there? And do you have an explanation for what you believe? Mm -hmm. Could you take that Isaiah 53 passage that, that he was reading, which is so clearly a prophecy of Jesus and, 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 and explain to them the very basics of the gospel. Um, I think this opportunity won't be, we don't know how long it'll last, but wouldn't it be better for them to hear the gospel from a loving witness yeah. who's their neighbor or their friend or yeah. a customer they see from That's right. uh, than to get it off of TikTok because oh. it's coming in from everywhere else. It is. And again, what you're going to get most of the time on TikTok is not the good news. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Pastor David Chauncey is with me. I'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3578. What a fun time today with Pastor David Chauncey from Westside Baptist Church. And that is located in Gainesville. That's where I am right now in our old Shepherd studio up here, which we moved the operation from this studio, David, down to Orlando in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. Wow! In fact, our renovation of the studios in Orlando uh, was interrupted (laughs) we were all interrupted right i mean 
everybody was. We were interrupted. We should have been done in March, and it ended up stretching all the way to October mm-hmm. of that year. But we finally got everything done. They finally let all of our engineers get in to do the work. But because during the lockdown, they couldn't even go come into the state. Yeah. It was yeah. crazy, crazy times. But uh, the operation now for all of our shepherd stations emanates from that studio in Orlando where I normally am. But every now and then I get to uh, get back up here and be with people like yourself, people that I've known or have met since making the move to bring on to our stations here. And of are course, you, this travels. Are you a Gator fan? Did you I'm become a serious Gator You are? Fan. Okay. Oh, I'm a Gator dad. Well, I came from Atlanta and my first son was a bulldog. And so I really had to have some therapy when I got down oh, here. Oh, yeah. Because oh, they were yeah. not satisfied with me being a bulldog fan. I'm surprised you weren't stoned. And no, I made that. it. They were. Yeah. They put it on hold until they saw me sort of begin <laughs> to convert. And now we're pretty well converted. I, You know, I love to see the Gators do well, well because it makes for a happy church. It makes for a happy, especially on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, on those Saturday nights where the Gators would lose, we noted that when I was at Abundant Grace, the mood in the room yeah. was a little bit more subdued yes. <laughs> when the Gators would lose. Yes. You know, when I lived in Orlando before moving here in 02, uh, my f- best friends down there were Seminoles fans. Wow. So they would come over or we'd go over to their place. And, you know, I, I did the buy a, a, a Seminole T-shirt thing back in th- those days. I wasn't really a true blue. I was a Gator basketball fan yeah. even then. Yeah. Because of Billy Donovan. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I would depart from the Gators to go to the football uh, friends parties that we would have. But when we moved to Gainesville, I laid all of that aside. I gave away all my T-shirts to my friend and said, I'm not going to be needing these anymore. Yeah. I'm going to turn true blue gator, and I do mean yeah, true you stopped blue. Stop compromising. Basically. I stopped compromising. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And they have never let uh-huh. that go. <laughs> Every time we're together, they call me a traitor or whatever. But I, I have three kids that graduated. Oh, you're you're in there. Yeah, I mean we've invested in that. Absolutely. Place. Yeah. So I'm a gator dad, chomp chomp. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. So that's why I like coming back, getting to see people like you. Uh, you know, we were talking about what's going on in your church right now and the 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 mood. I'd like to talk about how this culture, uh, to me, again, we, we've used the word dark. It's a dark culture. Mm-hmm. America right now is probably at one of its low points with regards to hope, with regard to patriotism. Uh, it's It's not good. And um, it's gotten worse the last three years, obviously. So with that, as a pastor, you've seen the impacts of this last three years of inflation that we've already mentioned before that we had COVID and all of the stuff going on there. How, How is that affecting you, first of all, as a pastor? And how does it affect the mission of the church? Well, I think every pastor had the most bizarre experience of their lives during COVID because you, 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 you ended up with a division in the churches that you never anticipated, a division over vaccines, a division over uh, how the, the COVID um, uh, things that we had to do because yeah, of COVID. Yeah, lockdown and all that. And tribes formed in different areas that you never expected tribes to form, you know. And so you were, you were dealing with, uh, with new things, and we made it through that. And, and Westside did very well during that time. There wasn't much controversy. And, and, um, but but this, it developed this, this fear, a fear-based culture. And, and I think we still are just we're afraid. We're afraid of what's happening to our country. We're afraid of what our kids are going to inherit. There's, there's, we're afraid of, that we're not hearing truth from any side of any story, and there's a negative to that, which, which uh, creates distrust and creates, you know, um, extremism and all these other yeah. kind of things. But the positive is, I have seen over this last year, it feels like to me people are looking for something concrete that they can know is true, and for me, that's God's word. For me, people are are looking maybe back towards things they had just kind of cast aside. 
our attendance has really uh, grown in this past year. We're seeing we're seeing a real uh, excitement among the church. A lot of denominational lines kind of broke down. People were just looking for a church and churches that teach the Bible and try not to spin the Bible towards one topic or the other or, or get too political one direction or the other, but just tell me what God says. And uh, I'm finding people gravitating towards that. And if, it's, and it's, if, if, if what God says goes against the trend of culture, they're okay. All right, we, we're going to go with God's word, and so we unapologetically at at Westside uh, believe in truth over trend. But you don't have you, you just have to do it in a loving way, and uh, so it, it's been a real challenging time. But I, I see people hungry for something solid, mm-hmm. and churches can't be wishy washy. I think at this time on their doctrine, on their beliefs, and. Um, and, and not be fearful of trying to accommodate um, what the culture's telling us we have to accommodate. Now, some of the churches that I've talked to, the pastors, yeah. have indicated that they're seeing exactly what you said, a return to people. I mean, more and more. It, it couldn't happen fast enough after COVID. I think right. a lot of people stayed home longer, maybe, than they should have. But a lot of people are returning. But there's also... a for a lot of churches, a return of visitors, mm-hmm. not part of the church mm-hmm. previously to COVID. And a lot of those are young couples. Are you guys yeah, experiencing absolutely. that as well? Absolutely. And we're, we've seen uh, a lot of people, of course, moving to Florida from different places around their nation, and they're coming and they're looking for churches. And and so we've we've been, our visitor count has gone way up. Wow, way that's up great pro- news. Than, than it was before covid mm-hmm. and uh so that that's good and we're we're trying to accommodate uh you know our children's programs our youth programs have all really grown uh and so we're having some growth issues in terms of space and all workers and volunteers what a wonderful problem. it's a wonderful problem yeah. to have yeah um but i think families in particular with children realize that something's terribly wrong with the the uh, the cell phone culture and the domination of yeah. TikTok and all these things that aren't inherently bad, but have have just overtaken family life. Yeah, and they're hoping. How do you talk to parents? How do you help parents? What do you advise when they're coming to you and they say, "Hey, my kid can't get her nose or his nose out of the screen." Yeah, what do you tell them? Well, the first thing is give them the screen at the latest possible moment you can stand it. You know, I mean, you're you're leaving your kids at school, and you know it's nice for them to have a phone. It's nice for them to be able to call you, and so you just, I, it, it's hard when their friends have electronic yeah. devices, yeah. and <clears throat> so it is a battle that we we had to face. Our kids are, are a little bit older now, but um, get educated on. You just can't blindly, lazily parent these days. You yeah. just can't do it. You can't it. do it. You've There's too many forces know. out there. Yeah. You've got to know. you got to give them. you got to monitor. you got to uh, give it to them as late as possible and as dumbed down as possible. You yeah. know, the, the, whatever the, the phone is. Uh, so don't give them a smartphone when they're in sixth grade and, and expect them not to, to get into stuff or see things they shouldn't. Yeah, somebody to once hard. somebody told me once they believe that that phone is almost like a window into the demonic. Yeah, it can certainly be used that way, and uh, we know that the demonic world is using that to reach and capture our kids. Yeah, no there's doubt. no doubt about it. Yeah, and that does not mean there aren't good things. I mean, there are wonderful things about this tech. But I think that thing you mentioned earlier about what happens on, because I get that same report on my phone, yeah. usually on Sunday mornings, yeah. where you, you see how many hours this week on average. And I think most people, if they really take a time and do the metrics on that, they're going to be surprised. Yeah, they really are. And I, one thing that may have hurt, hurt my church or my ministry is I just am not a, I, I don't. I don't use social media much. I don't post a lot. I do post from time to time, um, but I I backed off of it 
and um, because it can capture me. Yep. And you become addicted to the dopamine rush of a of a liked Facebook post. So you got to be very careful. Yeah. yeah. It w- is it really hurting me not to be heavily on Twitter and heavily into these things? Do I need that? Yeah. I don't know who ever came up with the idea, but uh, w- with the social media thing of videos and reels, mm-hmm. you can thumb through one reel to ad nauseum. Yeah. I mean, until Jesus comes again. Yeah. I mean, that's how busy you could be and probably never. You remember that old commercial, David, that was out? It was a commercial about a guy who he clicked onto a website, a web page, and all sorts of things started coming. There was confetti in the air, uh, lots of bells ringing and big music and said, congratulations, you did it. You visited every page on the, <laughs> the World Wide Web. And how funny that is, how impossible right. that would be, because these reels are never, ever ending. Uh, they're bottomless. And it's they bottomless are, pit. they're purposefully draining our time that's why i took them off my phone i i realized i can't trust myself right especially when i get i get up early and i love those first few hours for study and and quiet time and prep and i but if i open my phone first thing next thing i know 30 minutes gone yeah checking the news and going and it just drags you drags you in so you really have to be disciplined um you know but i say that and, and and i'm we have a communications guy at church and he's really good about keeping our church on social media, you know, so I guess I can be lazier that way personally, but I, but we do, we can't ignore the power of it and you the know, importance a, of it. I know what you mean by being lazy, meaning that you don't have to, you've got someone else exactly. pushing the work for you, but for parents of kids, right? there's nobody else that's going to do You're that it. for them. Yeah. yeah. And you can't complain about society and then, uh, not try do your part yep because uh, we always say we're we're partners with parents we're not a replacement as a church that's right we're partnering with parents we're actually uh launching a christian school uh a k through eight christian school we just voted on that a few weeks ago and we're already taking wow. enrollment um and it's something that i have not really wanted to do for the last eight or nine years because I, I i pastor churches with schools and it is a challenge sharing space and um but it was a blessing for my children when they were younger and the demand is just really off the charts now there are a lot of parents who are looking for alternatives um and a tool in the discipleship of their children and so that's what we're thinking we we want this school to be a method you could mm-hmm. use yeah. in the disciple but even a christian school i know from experience can't disciple your children that's right or protect them from everything and sometimes i mean it's sad as it is a lot of kids have been equally hurt inside a christian school exactly exactly you can't stop monitoring and being involved in your kids lives um wherever they go to school now you know that is true and you and i would come from that biblical base of parental involvement, and more importantly, parental responsibility. Our culture, however, is trying to take all of that away Mm -hmm. from parents and put it upon the schools and their leaders and their teachers to the degree that if a kid comes up and says, I've been having some trans thoughts, and they will instantly grab a hold of that kid. And in many cases, I'm not saying it's every school I don't believe it is, but it's happened in Florida where information that they've heard from the kid is shielded from mom and dad. Yeah. And they see it as the kid is being protected mm-hmm. from mom and dad. Yeah. That's how crazy that is. It has completely been flipped upside down. And I truly believe some of the people that make these decisions are making them good hearted. Mm-hmm. But they don't know. They don't realize what, what we were just sharing a while ago. I truly believe that uh, our enemy, the evil one, is it wants to turn the, the family unit upside down, mm-hmm. and it has. I mean, he, he really has in our country, uh, the child runs the family, and uh, the society uh, empowers, empowers that. And um, aims all of its advertising toward that. Job. Yeah. And so it just it is it is a battle you have to fight. You, if you're not fighting it, you've, you're losing. 
That's a well said expression right there. If you're not fighting, you're losing. And I, I'm praying that this is a year that parents will wake up. Yeah. And I know it's happening in some places. I know it's happening in a lot of schools. It's happening in a lot of regions. But there is an enemy out there who is actively doing exactly what I believe Jesus told Peter, that the enemy is a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. Right. And he would love to eat up those kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's so hard if we if they if they finally if they make it to 15 16 17 it's it's almost too late nowadays in terms of uh it's it's never too late to help them yeah but boy if you can in those younger ages really try to guide them uh they'll make fewer mistakes i mean kids make mistakes and and young adults make mistakes we all do and yeah. it's it's not a reflection that you didn't do a good job trying your best in educating, discipling your kid, but uh, you can really uh, help reduce the chances of that working hard on it. And eliminating a lot of baggage yeah. that kid's going to have to carry around for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is true. So these are things that I know you're dealing with with the people at Westside and uh, you're helping parents with it and also trying to help children with it. A lot of young people, I, one of the things that I'm praying that God will do is this revival thing that so many people are praying for, that God would just begin to move the way he did back in the 70s with the, the movement of the, that was talked about on the Jesus Revolution. Right. You know, that was a God-ordained, and I, I think everyone was a bit surprised by how many young people came into the church and really wanted mm-hmm. the freedoms that they come. So that's something... All of us can pray for it. Absolutely. I know, I know you're doing it. My guest today is David Chauncey. He is the senior pastor, the lead pastor at Westside Baptist, a wonderful place. I'll be back with David in just a moment. Join host Mike Gilland for The Shepherd at Work every Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. You will be introduced to a marketplace leader that will help you learn to walk out your faith wherever you live and work. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the Central Florida Christian Chamber, building kingdom, business, and community throughout our area. That's The Shepherd at Work, this Saturday morning at 10.05 a.m. David Chauncey is my guest today. David is the lead pastor at Westside Baptist Church, and that is on the corner of 98th and what is now Newberry Road. I mean, it's everyone knows in Alachua where Westside is. It's that uh, city that looks like it's that church that's set on a hill. I mean, that's what it looks like. From where I come from, it's not a hill, but well, for here, it's yeah, a hill. Right, right, right. I get yeah. that. I know um, that's a discussion. Cindy <laughs> and I used to have, she used to call Henderson, Kentucky, a land of rolling hills. And I'd say those aren't hills, right? Yeah, I mean, right. That, uh, North Carolina, those are some hills. Yes. But I get what you're saying. It's a little higher. There's, you know, low places and high places in Florida. But mm-hmm. this church, it's it's a wonderful place. And you were telling me during the break about a fact that you have a campus, uh, another campus that is a little south of Archer Road. Yeah, Tell us about if that. If you take Tower Road uh, and cross over Archer Road, and just keep going uh, south, uh, you'll see it's a little church building, fairly new building on the right, and it was Southwest Baptist, and uh, we assimilated them in about six or seven years ago and um, kind of made it a second campus, yeah, hoping to reach awesome. some of those families yeah. in that because of a couple of big neighborhoods there. And it's a standalone campus, not like some campus churches that pipe in your preaching. We tried that. And evidently my preaching wasn't good enough. I don't know. It just never quite, it did much better. We, we oh, had a, man. We, we've had a campus pastor there for the last uh, six years in uh, Jordan Massey, and he has moved on to another great opportunity for him. He was just, I just knew he would get snatched up and he's going to be really something special. Hmm. Uh, and another one of my staff members, Richie Baldwin is now their interim and most likely will be there. But it's it's a fun little campus. It's about sixty percent college students who drive over. It's got a a real more intimate feel than at Westside. In our rooms, much more, uh, much bigger and a lot more people. 
some people just enjoy that and and it's a it's a desire to to reach out to that area but it's even become as much a reaching out to college students and so it's it's been going well now that can be there's a like a blessing to that and then there's that part that is difficult about that because historically and i hope it's changing but churches that are predominantly of college age kids have a hard time making it financially yeah if they weren't under our umbrella uh it, it would be difficult, mm-hmm. you know, but we're one church in two places. So their offerings, our offerings and our budgets, their budget. But so we see it as just sort of another location where we have a worship experience and uh, I'm the senior pastor over all of it, but that campus pastors over that campus mm-hmm. and he just ministers to their lives. And it's, it's really a, a, a neat thing. Now, I know that he's no longer there, but you and he had something pretty special with a podcast. Tell yeah, us about yeah. that. So Jordan came up with this idea, and uh, let's do a podcast. And that's the great thing about having some young staff. They're like, <laughs> let's do this. I'm like, okay. Yeah, uh, and they so, know how to do it. And they know how to jump that's on right. it. And not that I'm not young. Being in the 50s is still young. It's, <laughs> the, new, it's the new oh, 30s. Wow, that's exactly right, my friend. Um, but we decided to call it What We Didn't Say on Sunday. Because both of us kind of are teacher preachers, you know, so we study a lot. We got a lot of content, and I normally preach like 40 minutes or so. So he, we had a lot of content, and we know we can't get through all of it. So why not have a podcast where we, we do three-minute recap of our message, and then we talk about stuff we studied that we didn't get to put into the oh, message. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, and people who want to dive deeper and get behind the scenes of the message uh, have really enjoyed it. Oh. And, but we always make it fun because we start with bloopers, things we shouldn't have said on Sunday. <laughs> Do you ever use actual oh. cuts? Oh, no. Oh, uh, man, that would be fun. Uh, we may have, we may have yeah. uh, used it before, but, um, you know, the bloopers can be rather embarrassing. Yeah, I but get it. the people love us just kind of cutting up and, and talking about it, and um, we, we enjoy it. And then we get into some of the technical stuff that most people would be bored hearing about on a Sunday. What a great idea. I mean, a podcast that talks about what you did not get to in the Sunday service. And, you know, if you've got that kind of a co-host like what you're describing, that can be a lot of fun. Oh, it was it was great fun. And, of course, we would get to issues that we would talk about. And it was, and it was great for us to compare because we don't, we had different styles and different preaching styles, but we had the same passage. And so you would hear two pastors, preachers, mm-hmm. talk about the preaching process and developing the sermon and how we came to the outlines and the approach that we had. And so it was really, uh, for those that want to learn more, uh, it was really a fun thing to listen to. How long did you do this? Probably about a uh, close to two years, maybe, year and a half. If you go on our website, or if you go on YouTube or however you find podcasts, that sounds that's bad. Where do we find podcasts? Oh, you go to iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, yeah, yeah Google. Podcasts. What we didn't say on Sunday, I'm sure there's some uh, past ones available to listen to. Man, I'm going to dial that yeah. up and listen to it. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. It would be fun. We're going to try to start it back up in February with Richie and I. Uh, so much of it was around the chemistry that Jordan and I had. And Richie and I get along great. He came out of the business world. And uh, he was a, a longtime banker, human resource mm. guy, got called to the ministry in our church, went to seminary, quit his job, and is a fabulous preacher. And so it's been fun to see God work in his life, and, and we get to walk alongside of it. You never know with a person's background or their early desires when that call of God's going to hit them. You right. just don't know. It's kind of right. hard to predict. Right. And that, that is a kind of fruitfulness I, I love to be a part of, to see our church develop leaders is uh, that go on. Even if they leave our church and go do great things, mm. it's a blessing to us to be a part of that journey. Well, I tell you, I think that is a great concept. You know, podcasts are so listened to, and that sounds like something that would be fun and, I believe, helpful because, like you said, every pastor who studies they they learn more than they're able to cram in that message. Yes, absolutely. And so we download a little bit, and, and we direct people if they want to read more or if they want to. We'll recommend books, and we'll say, if you want to dive more into this, this is where you look. Mm. Well, 2024 is here, my friend, and 
These uh, primaries are on the way, just came through the second one this week. What are your thoughts about the, the climate of America right now? And we are down here in what I always call the, the great free state of Florida. Thankful that we do. Uh, but our governor, who was a, a candidate, now he's withdrawn from that. The race is down to two. And in the Republican side, uh, what are you seeing happen? Not so much with the candidates or whatever. What do you see happening with our country right now that causes you concern? Yeah, the, the greatest, I think there's two things going on that concern me. One is just, I think, an, an inner depression among most believers that I know that there's not, there's not better options. It doesn't seem like that our uh, system is producing candidates that we would love to support. And you end up uh, with, with a, a system that seems somewhat broken and so divided that it can't ever be fixed. And so mm -hmm. I think everybody's kind of looking around, what can we do uh, to really make a difference to help our country be less divided and help us make progress on some of these things that almost everybody agrees is, is a problem. You know, the economy and immigration and all these other things. So there's this just sadness among people that that is deep that I think people. And that sadness can result in, in a couple of different motions, withdrawal. I'm just, I'm just done. I'm throwing up my hands. I'm not going to vote. I don't care. Whatever happens, happens. Or an anger that goes beyond righteous indignation. There's a lot mm, we should be angry yeah, about right. and goes into an extreme partisanship that becomes uh, ungodly mm. in that a lot of believers lose their testimony. Mm -hmm. uh, so that anger and that depression is what, you know, I keep, I speak to a lot, just encouraging our folks that God is in control. This is not our ultimate kingdom. But we are responsible to be salt and light here while we're, while we're here. We can make a big difference. Don't withdraw. But don't get so depressed like God's not in charge, like God doesn't uh, exist. Hmm. So battling those, those, uh, that anger and depression and staying involved and making positive contribution, there's some, something there um, that we have to continue to do and pray. Uh, pray that God will be merciful to us yeah. as a nation. Yeah, the kind of depression that you're describing, do you see that as being something that is deeply rooted, meaning that it's probably going to last throughout the year? Or m maybe, do you, is there a change that could happen that could make that better? Or, or do you think we're in this kind of a malaise for a long haul? I wish I was more optimistic. Uh, I think it, if, if you are attaching your joy and peace to our political process, you're in it for the oh, long Oh, I would haul. agree. Yeah, I you're, agree. You're in that. for a long, depressing life. Yeah. Uh, but if you can focus on the incredible opportunities of people becoming disenchanted with what the world has sold them is going to bring them happiness. If you can see the joy of being able to direct them to real happiness and real joy in the one true king, you can find some, some joy in life. Now, I think that's a key that we all can use. And that is this thing of introducing and maybe with some people reintroducing joy to them. Yeah. What would be your first step to say, if you're talking to somebody that's one of these depressed people because of the, the landscape of politics and what's going on in the economy and the border and all of that, and my kids are deconstructing their faith. What do you say to a person to say, there is joy in the Lord. How do you how do you get that across? You know, I, there there's an element of very practical uh, practical things that I've done is I've really limited my my news intake. I, I've limited it to places where I get it in short bursts, and I get it maybe in type. Uh, but you 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 just can't expose your mind to a continual to oh, continual talking heads. Good point. And you are doing it to yourself. You know, Paul said, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure. good and pure yeah. and yeah. all this, let your mind dwell on these things. And that's in the same set of verses that says, and the peace of God will that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind 
But then the qualification of keeping that guard and that peace up is uh, what you ponder. Mm-hmm. So I have a sermon. I've preached it so many times, but, you know, you, you praise God, rejoice in the Lord always. You pray, let your request be made known to God, and you ponder uh, what, what is good and what all. And then you've got to practice. It says, uh, while I'm away, do what, do what I've told you to do. Pract- put into practice what, God's, what you know you're supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. And then trust God with the rest. But I just find that a lot of people uh, spend too much time on the negative and just filling their minds with it. You need to know and stay informed. That's beautiful advice. Man. It's great advice. I'm reading a book right now that talks about the importance of maintaining both things, uh, a strong commitment to theological truth, but also a strong commitment to do exactly what you said, live out that truth in the real world with a cultural emphasis. So we've got to have both. We can't just be right theologically. We can't just know it in our head. We've got to be walking it out in our lives. Yeah. If we don't, someone else will. If yeah. we leave that vacuum, somebody's going to fill the vacuum. I agree. My goodness, the time has flown by. David Chauncey, how can people learn more about Westside Baptist? You know, I don't know how Pastor Gary must start it early. We got westsidebaptist.org. Wow. So uh, westsidebaptist.org is our domain. Great you can domain just go name. right to that. Yeah. Uh, there's Westside Baptist Church in just about every town. So make sure it's Gainesville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but westsidebaptist.org is but the best But that does place point to, to the Gainesville yes, it does. Church. And that's what people need to do. All right. It's been great having you up here. David Chauncey, the senior pastor of Westside Baptist the singing pastor, I might add, and uh, hopefully you'll get to hear him sing part of his sermon this coming week. You never okay? know. You never know. Thank you, my friend, <laughs> for right. being here. Thank you for having me. You got it. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.